Hey guys, if you like listening to us, um, you can follow us on Twitter or email us. Follow us on Twitter at writer, W-R-T-R, bagel, B-A-G-E-L, basket, B-S-K-T, on Twitter, or email us, writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you want to do. Submit fan art. Submit a logo. Do anything, because we want to hear from you. And if you have show suggestions, email them. You want to listen to our podcast? Go ahead if it makes you feel any better. Yeah, we talk too much, but we also listen too much. Sure, we can be cold-hearted cynics like you guys listening right now, but we don't like hurting people's feelings. Okay, well, we kind of do. Okay, we actually like doing it a lot. Okay, we kind of did it a lot during Plans, Trains, and Automobiles. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. Tear me apart, Lisa! Fourteen! Great birthdays without him. He never even sent me a damn card. Die with him! Because I'm Homer Simpson! Pizza, pizza, pizza! I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Big kid. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Kurland, and Dwight is still out, but we have some people filling in for him. We have an all-star. Hello. I am the all-star. <laughs> My wife, Haley. <laughs> well, welcome back. What is this, a fourth Pete? A three Pete? A, a, a five Pete? A no. septipede? No, you were on... <laughs> You were on um, Mystery Team I in know, the room, and yeah, the, you're fourth Pete. Well, yeah, but this time I'm officially on as a Curland. Yes, yes, you are now my wife. <laughs> you're the reason why we couldn't do one at the first weekend of November. I know. <laughs> and, I feel so bad. No, I don't. And who do we have back from last week? Hi. It's Cole. <laughs> Hi, Cole. How's it going, Scott? Good. So what did we watch this week, guys? We watched Planes. Trains. And Automobiles. Which is a John Hughes film from 1986, and it's the only Thanksgiving movie. There is a Thanksgiving movie that Jodie Foster directed called Home for the Holidays, but that film is so bad it doesn't even count. I was truly surprised at how few Thanksgiving movies there are. Hollywood, there is an untapped vein of movies here <laughs> well they always make them christmas movies and release yeah. them in november i know they need to make more thanksgiving movies now there's at least two dead los mortos movies <laughs> and there's only one thanksgiving movie uh, i think you're you heard us hollywood i think you're uh missing the hollywood hit free bird with owen wilson in it i think the yeah. one where he plays a turkey yeah that doesn't want to get killed Shh. on thanksgiving yeah, come on, guys. Why are you watching you know, children's movies, Cole? <laughs> I wasn't. It's on the YouTube. It's on the YouTubes. It was yeah, it was on the YouTubes a while back on 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 the commercials. You're not winning this. <laughs> yeah, you're okay. not making the argument for it so, that you think you are. So this movie is considered a classic. It's and you guys both have never seen it. Yep. Because like our two options were either doing planes, trains, and automobiles or. Adam's Family Values, which is technically a summer movie that has Thanksgiving, like, wedged in in the middle. Yeah. So. There's a whole pageant about it. It's amazing. So this is a John Hughes film. Did it scream John Hughesiness? 
Um, yeah, well, considering the McAllister house is in it. Yeah, his house that he lives in is the McAllister house. And it's a love story. I also... It truly is a no, love story. No, it's not. That's what we were getting. It's a bromance. And maybe more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this... Let, let's do a little background. So this was around the time of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but he was also... Was fil- it? Yeah. Oh. That's why Ferris Bueller's dad is at the beginning. But where was the music number? There, well, he does the mess around in the car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I suppose that counts. There. Um, no, you have Ferris Bueller's dad. You have Ben Stein. Who? Bueller. Bueller. He's the guy who tells them. Yeah, that there were there were definitely some other actors that have made an appearance in other John Hughes movies. I also think the house from Home Alone that's in this. I think he, they used it again for Uncle Buck. I'm not sure. I th- yeah, I think you're right. Because I, th- I do remember seeing Uncle Buck, and I'm pretty sure that was the house. They just like you. I, I remember house. a brick house. She's a brick house. house. So, this was the only time that Steve Martin and John Candy starred together in a movie. And it would be the last time. But they were so good together. They're yeah. they're really they, good. Yeah, they do have really good chemistry. Which is weird. Both on and off screen. Oh, stop it. <laughs> they're not gay. <laughs> this movie would lead no, us to believe otherwise. they're lovers. <laughs> okay, so what's the, what's the premise, guys? What's the premise of the movie? So basically, Steve Martin's character, whose name I forget. Neil Page. Neil Page. You should know. Is trying to get to his, um, his family's house so he can celebrate Thanksgiving with them. He has two days to get there. Yeah, he has two days to get there, but shenanigans occur mistakes happen um and he misses his plane a train and an automobile well he gets on the plane but they get snowed in yeah but shenanigans yeah and And along the way he meets uh john candy del griffith who is a very uh difficult traveling companion i yeah i guess but i don't think he's really that bad when you find out no no he's not and like you know Certainly, you know, there's some things about him that would, yeah, are annoying. But he's overall, very, he's a pretty decent guy. Yeah, he's a very genuine human yeah, being. He's, he's a very nice man. Um, I'm 100% convinced that Seth MacFarlane based his entire, like, acting style off of John Candy in this movie. Really? Yeah. The more I think about it, hmm. the way he acts... I don't know about that. Like Peter Griffin. There's a lot of Peter Griffinisms. Well, I can see the Peter Griffinisms, but other things that Seth MacFarlane has done? Like, Maybe A Million Ways to Die in the West, Seth MacFarlane reminded me a lot. I guess, yeah, there's like the timing. His yeah. comedic timing, I guess. I'm just saying like the way he says things. Yeah. So, who, how does the movie start, Cole? Who, who shows up at the beginning of the movie for no apparent reason? You mean Kevin Bacon? I am aching for some bacon. So Kevin Bacon was filming She's Having a Baby at around the same time that they were filming this. This is the best cameo ever. Yeah. In the history of cameos. So Steve Martin has to get to his plane, and he has literally like 20 minutes to get from the World Trade Center, (laughs) which the movie opens up with, with like the left tower of the World Trade Center. Yeah, I was like, is that the World Trade Center? And you were like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was a simpler time. Uh, well, well, this addresses two things in a 
pre 9-11 world the world trade center but also he can get into the to uh jfk airport with no problem whatsoever yeah it was a different time yeah so him and kevin bacon are rushing on in a foot race to get to a cab that's like a block away it's three blocks away i lived in new york i've been there it's three blocks like they were both really desperate yeah they would have both gotten he was desperate to get home kevin bacon was desperate to get to a town where there's no dancing allowed or or he had to get to a town in Chicago where he sees ghosts. Yeah. That's Stir of Echoes, folks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Kevin Bacon gets the cab and, like, basically gives him the finger, like, go screw you. And, by the way, I was doing a count through the movie. This um, this foot race, Steve Martin almost gets hit, hit by an, a car. And Steve Martin gets almost hit by a car, like... Four times in this movie. That's an ongoing joke that, like, it, it keeps right. happening. Right. No, I know it's one of the jokes, but the movie should, instead of be called, ha- like, the things I almost <laughs> died from. <laughs> the things you do for love. So, um, a cab shows up for this guy who looks like basically either a Nazi in, a, in an Indiana Jones movie or, like, a bad guy from Die Hard. And, uh,. Steve Martin's like, can you please give me your cab? Yeah, and out of the goodness of your heart, please. And he's like, I'm a lawyer. I'm not. I'm not that. Good. There is no kindness and then he here. Yeah. Swindles him out of fifty dollars. Seventy-five. Seventy-five. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and then John Candy steals his cab. So John Candy steals his cab. He finally ends up back at the airport. Right. Or ends up at the airport. This is the first time we've ever seen the airport. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And there, there's a really great moment in here which was already explored by doug walker yeah on, the the nostalgia critic on what you didn't what you never knew right and it's it's an excellent like show of how memory works in a movie or it's a different way to show how memory works yeah and um so john kennedy and um john candy what did I say? John Kennedy. Kennedy. President John Kennedy. Kennedy. Oh, John man, Kennedy. I would have loved to see John and JFK in this movie. Era, how about I buy you a hot dog? You want these uh, era uh, shower rings? Be a very, very different planes, trains, and automobiles. You want to take a you know go on I mean. Marilyn Monroe? <laughs> so, uh, John Candy. And, um, uh, oh, my Steve God. Martin. <laughs> Steve Martin. John Candy, sitting, and, yeah, they're seated across from one another, and, and well, they're oh, trying to look at each other. But what is he reading? Oh, he's reading this. John Candy's reading this book called *The Canadian Mounted*. It's a sex book, a Harlequin novel. Yep. Yeah, sexy, sexy. It's book. like a pulp, dime back pulp novel. It's a bodice very, buster. Very obvious. It's got a, a very busty woman on the front cover. <laughs> so, um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but anyway, so they're they're the two are looking over at each other and they're trying to figure out how they know each other which i don't get because it's like they just saw each other like how would you forget that easily um because a a lot has happened since then i mean he finally got in he literally saw john candy's face for like five seconds yeah but then he ends up at the airport but he had to check in you have to check in you have to check your bags you have to do a whole lot of stuff Oh. Probably buy a cup of coffee and well, newspaper. Anyway, that aside, um, so they're looking at each other, and um, Neil, I keep, I keep Neil keep, Page, Neil Page, and Steve Martin, <laughs> played by Steve Martin. Oh, don't boy. you have cousins with the last name Page? Yes. Yes. 
cognitive memory. <laughs> well, speaking of memory there and not go. remembering, so, yeah. Steve Martin looks over at John Candy and he sees his face, but a door, a cab door appears. Not just a cab door appears. They put him in the costume that he was wearing with the right. hat and the... Right, but it's just the cab door. Right. And he doesn't visualize the rest of the cab or it doesn't cut back to the cab. It's an interesting, like, visual gag, basically. Because any movie back then would have probably just cut it to the previous Slow footage mo, to save money. Yeah. Like, and he makes the money. same dumb face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, John Candy's like, oh, you're the guy who tried to steal my cab. Small world. And he's like, wait, I stole your cab? Oh, I'm so sorry. Let me buy you a hot dog cup of coffee then he goes through like every beverage that's in <laughs> cinnabon some red vines oh this was way before cinnabon existed Ooh. sweetheart <laughs> cinnabon didn't exist back in the 80s i know but i'm just saying he goes through like every airport food uh, wetzel's pretzels yeah <laughs> want an orange julius <laughs> so then steve martin gets on the flight and have have you guys ever dealt with getting bumped nope We've never been on an airplane. Oh, okay. So... Thanks for rubbing that in our faces. Well, I've been bumped before. Some people, right, Cole? Oh, my God. Every time. <laughs> you, go to the, you go to Disney World? No. No. Our childhood was interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so, I've been bumped before. You get on the plane. You don't find out till like, the moment you're there. Oh, yeah. This seat? We gave it to someone else. Did they have the same exact seat as me? No. We just gave it to them because they have, like, privilege. So that happens to Steve Martin, and and the guy's like, "Oh, can I just sit anywhere I, where I want?" And she, he, the stewardess is yeah, like, "Yeah, he just, he like smooches her." Yes, basically she's Workplace having sex with this guy. Much. Like, so he ends up. He's like, "Oh God, where are you really gonna put me?" Really great if they continued that. Just like just like in the corner of the screen, like you just see them walking towards the bathroom, like <laughs> the Mile High Club. Yeah. <laughs> So he's like, how could this get any worse? And who is he sitting next to? John Candy, otherwise known as Del Griffith. He remembers. (laughs) And also, who is also sitting on his other side? It's that old guy from Home Alone. And also that Den... He's also in Dennis the Menace. Oh, God. George Wilson. Oh, my... Wait, was he? Yeah, he was the guy in Home Alone who's like, she doesn't need earrings. She's got a whole bunch of them dangly ones. No, I'm talking about... uh, um, Dennis the Menace. Yeah, Yeah. because of Home Alone, John John Hughes put him also in Dennis the Menace, which John Hughes did. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, because he loved working with that guy. So he's like, yeah, say dangly earrings. (laughs) Um, And uh, John Candy is like... Uh, we never officially met Del Griffith, and you love this because he improvised it. His yeah, in- he, uh, well, I don't know 100% if he improvised, uh, he improvised it. it. Okay, yeah, but it, it occurred to me that it was, like, it seemed like a very improvised moment where he was like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a shower ring salesman <laughs> of all the most random things to well, be. he says he works for, like, Nellhorn, um, uh, bathroom sales he's director of shower curtain division yeah that was the ad lib director because what do you think the other departments are uh probably toilet seat fixtures um, and hair dryer extension cords no that would be more of like an appliance Mm. like for in a bathroom probably tiles uh caulking sink handles sink handles (laughs) uh there's a special stopper for dispensers yeah 
Um, so yeah, they're but having anyway. a flight. What I always thought, so they're flying and John Candy won't shut up. And then... No, he, and, he, and the worst part is he's like, I hate people who just run their mouth. What really grinds my gears is what he says. Yep. Mm. That's probably why the callback Who else says that all the time, Scott? Well, I got that. I got that from this movie. Yeah. Um, no, I figured you did. But I also got it from Family Guy. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. That really grinds my... I can't do Peter Griffith. Why you am I really trying? You know what really grinds my gears? So, <laughs> they're in the air... Everyone is sleeping on top of Steve Martin, and John Candy that says, "What?" That sounds very sexual. <laughs> oh, what is Odell? He says, six dollars in my left nut." Right nut. Right nut. That we don't get to the airport. We, we don't land in O'Hare, so. And sure enough. But I thought that it was impossible for for a plane to be, like, once it's in the air, it could be redirected. But I thought it had to be like redirected closer to the actual location well yeah i mean there logically unless the weather was bad also in detroit well it wouldn't just be detroit it it would be iowa they would redirect them to right and then but they get redirected to wichita falls kansas which is nowhere near and that's the end of the plane portion of the movie there's a lot of uh, logic that's suspended for the sake of entertainment in this movie. So, yeah. Um, and then John Candy, like, forces him into being like, oh, we, we need to get a hotel because they're not going to open up this flight again whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. He's oh, like, all the flights are canceled. There's no way we're getting out of here. Let's just get a hotel room. <laughs> I can help you out. I know this guy. He owes me a favor for shower curtain rings of all of all things. <laughs> Yeah, when when you later found out find out about John Candy, you have to wonder, did he make all of these connections so he never has to pay for anything and he can just travel the the country this way? Uh, maybe, but also like if he he's clearly still working for this company because he has all these products, so he's still getting paid. Why doesn't he have a place to live? I imagine they just he meets a guy at a stop. Spoiler. I think he just goes, I think he's like George Clooney from Up in the Air. I think he just has all of his stuff in a suitcase and he just travels oh, he from hotel to hotel. Mm. Like yeah. George By the Clooney. way, I just gave a major spoiler we there. Can, uh, John Candy's wife is dead. Spo- that was made very evident from <laughs> the next scene where they actually get in the hotel room. Yeah, and he's looking at the picture of his wife, and we're like, "Oh, she's dead." Who carries a portrait around dead. of his wife? <laughs> yeah, both me and both me and Cole actually looked at you, and we're like, "Yeah, she's definitely she's dead." dead. Isn't she? I, I well, <laughs> I didn't ever really think of that the first time I saw this because, like, I just saw the sting, and like he car- they made a fake photo of him of a uh, kid twist carrying around his wife's photo. So mm-hmm. I I just thought that this was a thing that businessmen did. I didn't. Also, they didn't use that trope a ton. It's just the... too big of a photo. <laughs> uh, so you're saying that if it was like his wallet, it would have made more sense. If it was like a I'm saying that the picture size is proportional to her her life, basically. Yeah, it's his grief surmised in a photo frame. If it's small, it means she's likely living, and it's just he carries it around because it's easier to travel with, versus if it's a gigantic photo, she's definitely six feet under yeah but i don't think it warranted you guys making a song about it (laughs) dead wife 
dead wife. wife. John Candy's got the a dead, dead wife. wife. <laughs> you guys are monsters. I know. So, We're the worst. So, yeah, um, what is also going on is that Steve Martin is communicating with his home with his wife, who she looks way too young to be his wife. She also looks way too young to have, like, three kids who are almost ten, like, eight and maybe three. The three-year-old, Well, he's maybe. prematurely gray, so... Yeah, but she looks like she's about, like... 30. 30 or 29. Yeah, yeah. And he looks like he's, like, 40. But, yeah, those are the people he's trying to get home to, and there's, like, a quick flash to his wife and the kids. Yeah. And... His son is played by Matthew Lawrence, who, if you know your boy meets world history or your Lawrence brother's history, Joey Lawrence was on Blossom, and then after Blossom, he had a TV show with his brother Matthew called Brotherly Love. And that's where Matthew Lawrence became famous. He's still... Well, he was... All the shows we've never seen, right, Cole? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was about to say Boy Meets World, and then I was like, oh, I'm glad I didn't say anything. Well, no, you knew Boy Meets well, World. Well, yeah, that's only from, like, reruns, because our, our cousin used to watch it when we right, were younger. Right, yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's weird, because I, I always thought it was Macaulay Culkin. I thought this was the movie that got him home alone, and then I realized that it was actually Uncle Buck. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, what was the line about Noogies? Oh, oh, yeah, he's like, oh, he gives the other... The, like, the gives, grandpa. Yeah, the grandpa gives the girls Noogies. He gives me an Indian sunburn. That's abuse. <laughs> well, this was the 80s. That's it was painful. A, it was a simpler time. Yeah. I gotta, gotta we, toughen you we up have, the world. We have an uncle who gives very, very, like, crazy firm handshakes. Oh, my God. <laughs> He'll, like, crush your yeah. hand. Well, so maybe you guys should be men and learn how to shake. We do now. He, he can't do it because I would probably crush his hand. Good for you. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, as that's going on, they're booking a hotel at the shadiest shady motel ever. No, but first, how do they get there? Oh, Paul. oh my God. Yeah, Debbie's Taxola. Doobies. It's Doobies? Yeah, it's Doobies. Bobby's. No, well, but I it, think his name is Bobby, but his actual cab... No, no, I think no his name is Doobie. Yeah, and the, the, the cab service is Doobie's... Taxiola. Taxiola. It's not just a taxi. And it's a souped-up American muscle car with... Uh, How would you describe... It's a sex-mobile. Yeah, it's, yeah, a it's, sex -mobile. it's got totally a sex-mobile. Like, fur this, in this it. would be on Taxi Cab Confessions. It's got little pom-poms. There's a pair of boobs in the front of it like uh, did you notice on his dashboard in front well, of his there's, there's boobs everywhere there's naked lady pictures yeah no obviously in the lining ceiling. like the the ceiling of this vehicle the the cleaning service for that cab has got to be oh god that's a crispy cab <laughs> yeah the seats just crunch when you sit on them. and the guy who plays doobie is mr heckles from um from friends uh the guy who's like you're disturbing my birds. The guy who lives underneath them. Oh, Mr. I don't Heckles. remember him. The guy who they accidentally kill because they're they're stomping down below and he's hitting the the ceiling. I was about to say, when did like I missed this episode? Like, was there an episode the, where the friends had to cover up a murder? Well, well, he had a heart attack and then they felt bad, so they were cleaning it out. And Chandler realizes he's exactly like this guy and he gets all depressed. Oh yeah. Do you remember it now? Yeah, it's, okay. yeah. it's refreshing my that memory That guy. Now. That guy. Okay. So they show up at, uh, it's called like the Braided Wood Inn. Yep. 
That's so very quaint name for a very oh, very it sounds filthy so dirty motel. Me. Which you know, braided I'd... wood. Oh yeah. The yeah. Bra- it's the like braided that, wood in. Yeah, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Interesting, given the other circumstances. We did right. pass a long time ago when we were going up on a trip to Maine. We passed a motel, and do you remember it? It was called the Naughty Pine. Oh my god! <laughs> Is that like a motel by the hour? I was like, yes, five or six around that. Yeah. Time, hey, Cole, wanna have a good time? No, I'm four. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so yeah this is on that level of filthiness um i meant now <laughs> but i just felt bad because like i was expecting like some old dame like dame judy dench <laughs> she's no. got like the would you like a frosted no, like when they go in there and like they ring the bell i was expecting like this old lady like smoking a she's cigarette she's got the little uh, hole in her oh neck god yeah smoking a cigarette That's out of so- hey guys you're trying to get a room one How better two I, I would. Pref- I'm going with one. I prefer it to be Dame Judy Dench or Dame Maggie Smith, Mr. Porter. How dare so you? Very At this motel, no. So yeah, they end up sharing a room, and what John Candy? Stop it. What John? <laughs> they did not make sweet sweet love. They yet. did. They totally did. What what John Candy does to this bathroom? You would have thought it was like a CSI crime scene. <laughs> There's towels everywhere. And the only way you could get through this bathroom is if there was like the yellow tape. <laughs> or you're wearing the hazmat suit from Back to the Future yeah. to handle plutonium. So uh, there was, just, oh God, there was wet towels all over the floor. There was products in also, the bathroom. Also, the, the hotel controlled the water. Yep. Yeah. Also, why did he need all those products? Like what? Like they weren't like pill bottles. There was like hair gel and stuff like that. And well, he's a dapper man about town. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, well, yeah. Well, he also needed some stuff for his sinuses. Yeah. Because he kept saying that. So, yeah. Um, Steve Martin takes the grossest shower of his life. And well, it's not gross until he leaves the shower. Well, he should have known that going in, like. Uh, you, well, yeah, he had to pass all that stuff. Right, yeah. This is, to get to the shower. In Home Alone, you have to go through the house to get th- through all the booby traps. It's not like, you know. Yeah, it's like. Why it's not is like this, you already went through it. And how is going. this shocking you? But, yeah. um, so, and then, yeah, the water turns off. He, like, he's got soap in his eyes still. It comes back on. It's hot. He basically treats the floor as lava. Yeah. He has to go in like these really wet, soggy towels across the floor. Yeah, it's like so, a minefield of grossness. So that that towel holder held uh, about six towels. And John Candy used five of them. No, he used all six. No, there oh, was one left. The no, no, I'm talking oh. about full-size towels. There yeah. Was... Oh, yeah, the slot. Yeah, yeah. Right, there's six He's folds. got a lot of folds to oh. scrub. He's oh. not a walrus, guys. <laughs> Um, well, he wants to be clean for his man. <laughs> so, yeah, as, the, <laughs> as this is going on, he's drinking in bed and he turns on the vibrating bed. Because yeah. you remember when those were a thing? Yeah. Anywho's Coin a- operated. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So, John Candy uh, is apologizing to Steve Martin. He's like, oh, I didn't expect the beer cans to explode. And he goes, what did you expect? You were on a vibrating bed. And that's when you get into the most famous scene in the entire movie. Which, which is, I'm shocked it occurs this early in the film. I kind of like that they did that because it's kind of a breath of fresh air as with other movies, 
even after it. Yeah. It's just like, okay, we're, we're going to get yeah, to the Yeah, I, I can there. understand that. But I was, I was still surprised at how well, quick it occurs. I'm glad that it occurs so quickly because they know that they're pushing each other's buttons and they know what to do to address it and, you know, to apologize. Oh, yeah, they're, they're pushing all the buttons. Yeah, because Steve Martin's monologue is so mean. Yeah, it is. He like it's like, dude, you should have stopped like five seconds ago. And the the part that always gets me in John Candy's is, uh, I like me, my wife likes me, and knowing what you know. Dead wife, dead wife. wife. John Candy's got, got a, a dead, dead wife. wife. You monsters. <laughs> that makes it sadder. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But. The thing that's wrong with this scene, it is it is a great scene, don't get me wrong, but the thing that's wrong with it is what starts playing, Cole? It's like totally Sexy time music. Yeah. Screw you guys, I like that song. I've always liked it. It is the wrong place. It would have been better if they had just played no music at all. Okay, John Hughes tries to put in inspirational music and this seems like the that, wrong place to but put he it. also did it with ferris bueller's day off when cameron has his monologue and he's like you know what i put up with his shit all the but time see, that's appropriate do you not remember the song do 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 it's too fast you needed something slower like this well then they should have Switch. Yeah, well, this, okay, this guys, had like a sexy guys, hook on it's it. the eight. Okay, it's the 80s. Everything it is synthesized. Everything is on a synthesizer. It doesn't help that they hop right into bed after. They begrudgingly hop into bed. Doesn't mm, seem I like it know. in the morning after. I well, saw a well, little skip you're in his sk- step. You're, you're skipping something and not the step. Um, they get run by, by a kid who looks like Tom Petty. Which, R.I.P. Tom Petty, I wish I got to see you in concert this summer. Yeah, I love... I. That's the thing. That's never addressed again. I would have liked because it that, better if he had no, just shown up a little bit. Like, no, no, I'm glad they didn't because that's what John Hughes does. That's what happens in life. These, these things happen. People are assholes. Like, I'm glad that they did that. No? Is that the subtitle to this movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, a.k.a. People Are Assholes? It should be. Because, like... They wake up in the morning and they're spooning. This should have been a series of Not unfortunate events. Not only spooning, events. they smooch. Well, John- oh, he nibbles his ear. Yeah, he, he nibbles. nibbles his ear. And they're holding hands. Because it, it was it's, that inspirational music. That's what did it. It's Dell. Why did you just kiss my ear? And you said, "Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand?" It's between the two pillows. Those and we both know pl- what those pillows are. <laughs> that's the, not the only thing that's between those two pillows. But what's so? Stop it. <laughs> what's so funny about that is like how they turn into uh, just menly men. They're like, hey, did you see the game? Yeah, great game. I'm going to uh, go outside and uh, shoot pool with you guys in the, the rec room. Yeah. Chop some wood, grow a beard. Listen, I'm only making these jokes just because it speaks Cause to... Because you're the... a monster. No, because it speaks to their chemistry, but also, like, they have a really, really sweet relationship throughout the whole movie. Yeah, they annoy you. They have the a tumultuous relationship. It's because they fight like an old married couple. That's honestly what this is. It's like, it's a married couple traveling together. Well, in the next scene, they can't get onto the plane, so Dell gets them onto a train, and who is the person who is giving them a ride? 
Oh, uh, the, the son of the, uh, the hotel. Kurt Connors. Well, it's Dylan Baker from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, where he played Dr. Curtis Connors. Who, like John Candy's character, also has sinus problems. Oh, you mean the... <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure he was an incest child. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Well... <laughs> I love how you said that. An incest child. child. Of the Connecticut incest child? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am Bob Incestia. He's so inbred, he might as well be a sandwich. Well, his wife, his poor wife, like, I feel like Anna Kendrick would play her. Who has the strongest vagina known to man because... Because they're like, oh, this is really heavy. They're like, oh, no matter. She gave birth to her first child and it came out sideways. Right, right. and he's like, well, my wife can take your your things. Your luggage, no problem. As she takes her baby and gives it to their other baby. Babies raising babies, so and she looks honestly offended too that they wouldn't let her take the luggage. Yeah, yeah, she did. It's like, how dare you? I'm the strongest person in this here county. She looked like little Anna Kendrick. She looked like like Anna Kendrick before Anna Kendrick. Yeah, well, but anyway, so they hop in the back. But whoa, whoa, we're skipping. She had a baby come out sideways. That would have ripped her open. Well, yeah, they don't have really great hospitals on that there mountain, Scott. Well, it's Wichita Falls, guys. Let's not... We probably have listeners in Wichita Falls, which, guys, we love you. We're not coming there. <laughs> so, so yeah, they end up on the... Well, I'm sure it's a much nicer place now. Well, uh, have That's you guys seen think. the ice storm? Oh, um, yeah. Hey, every once in a while, a blind squirrel runs into a nut. Anyways. These are those nuts. Anyways. They end up on the train, and actually, you think that that's the end of the movie, <laughs> because, like, the train, the conclusion... Yeah, because, like, a train wouldn't, its its engine wouldn't break suddenly This after. engine doesn't just break, it catches on fire, which is weird, because what propels a train? Fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's very confusing. I imagine that was the talk of the town, they got the engine that actually, it was, it was a train engine that it was an actual engine it wasn't coal fire yeah so uh then they end up on a bus so yeah they were in in kansas yeah, and is, they they end up in the missouri type of place by the way speaking of the train this was the type of place where i almost expected like old ladies to be like waving at the train with handkerchiefs like that was how how like, do you <laughs> So, yeah, but as I pointed out to you guys, they were in Wichita Falls, Kansas, and then they end up in Missouri. Missouri is right next to Kansas. So they had to literally go maybe 50 feet, maybe 100 feet. (laughs) Like, they didn't go that far. Yeah, they would have been better off with, like, the chicken train. Yeah, the chicken train. (laughs) I would have loved to see that. That there is the chicken train. That there is the people train. (laughs) So, yeah, then they end up on a bus, and there's a couple... What are they doing, Cole? They're having some serious face wrestling and other stuff. Yeah, because... They're teaching everybody on that bus about the birds and the bees. Well, John Kennedy's like, hey, check that out. And the one time that John Ke- that Steve Martin turns his head, he gets caught. He's like, take a picture, it will last longer. <laughs> Do you think that was like the first time they ever used take a picture, it will last longer? I don't know. We've never seen that, you know. You've never heard that phrase before? We have, just never in a movie. So maybe. Uh, 
Yeah, so then John Kennedy's like, you got busted. Which... Yeah, and right after, they're having, like, they're, they're, he looks over again, and they're smoking a cigarette. It's like, what? Wait, did they finish? Like, are <laughs> they done? So then, um... You know what I would have loved in this movie? What? If they went on a plane, an automobile. A train. Or if they, if they but not a train. I would have loved if they just skipped that and have everybody after wait, be like, wait. Why wasn't there a train? Ah, <laughs> oh, the train. <laughs> Damn it, the one thing I forgot. I would have got there days ago. Um, so, yeah. And then, the one, this is the one scene, like, coming up that got the film an R rating. So, he, him and, him and, uh, Dell are talking. They're, they're eating breakfast, and he's like, yeah, I miss my kid's, uh, ceremony, or, or what is it, a pageant? Yeah, it's, it's like Thanksgiving a Thanksgiving pageant. pageant. Yeah. It's weird because she's like, my name is Susie Page or Jessica Page, and I just want my daddy to come home. And he's like, yeah, I miss my kid's pageant. And he's like, oh, don't beat yourself up. And he goes, I think we should go our separate ways. Yeah. Yeah, we'll travel faster that way. Okay. Because every attempt at traveling alone has ended in success with you guys. Yeah, this is just another example of, of people not realizing that they do better when they're together. And... They do belong together, Scott. Yes, they do, Haley. See? I understand. <laughs> Safe in each other's arms. So, you guys are awful. <laughs> this is a sweet story about a man getting over the death of his wife. We agree! With another man! Yeah! That guy has a wife and kids. At that point. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is the one scene that got them the R rating, because he goes to get his, his rental car. It's not there. He comes back... Because the the bus leaves him there, and he has to go through, like, hell to get there. He has to walk across a highway. Right. He walks across the highway. He's looking in the parking lot, and he's reading the numbers, and he's looking for, like, car V5. And No, no. no he's, he takes the bus there. Right. He takes the bus, but I'm talking about he takes the bus. He, you know, he goes to the lot, and he's looking for his rental car, and his rental car is not there. So then he goes back, and this is what got the movie the R rating, because, honestly, this movie... Probably would have gotten a PG, because I don't think this was... No, Temple of Doom came out, so they did have PG-13. It would have got a PG or PG-13, um, but because of the scene where he says to the secretary from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, he basically unleashes, like, a bevy... A stream of fucks. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> La last uh, two weeks ago, Lee said said it on there and we have the explosive well, so it, is there a limit on how many f words you can use before you get an r rating or uh, like is it over only three two? no oh. you, you got one okay so you can't say you can't you can say fuck like mm -hmm. like damn it but you can't say ing like like the oh, act okay. yeah so because he said ing yeah over and over and over again. But he, he he said it right away. Yeah. To um, the secretary from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Who was also on Small Wonder. Yeah. Yeah. So who, I'm sorry, but she would totally get fired working at the airport and she's talking to her relatives on the phone. Yeah. That, I was thinking that too. Because that's like, you got to do that on a break, right? Yeah. 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 Because she's like... Oh, yeah. Uh, Mom's going to be making ambrosia salad for Dad, which means we have to get mini marshmallows. Ambrosia salad does not have mini marshmallows in it. Yams does. 
Oh, no, Ambrosia does. What? Yeah. yeah. Gross. Do you know what Ambrosia is? It's that, like, pink-looking stuff, right? Right. It looks like goop. It's like whipped cream. It's jello. Ugh. Marshmallows. No. Ugh. And... Ugh. Fair. Yeah. No. I used to have it all the time at the Page household. Yes. <laughs> it was It was very popular at some I'll, of the I'll, other I'll stick, Christmases I'll stick, that we've been to. I'll stick to cranberry mold. Yes. <laughs> so will we. Anyways... Uh, so he's had it up to here. He mounts off to a guy who runs the taxi cabs. Mm -hmm. And he's like, why don't you just take a plane to uh, Chicago? And then he gets beat up and almost gets run over by John Candy. And he gets his... Again. And he gets his nuts fondled. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so he's like, once again, he mouths off to a guy because, you know, Neil just can't take it anymore. He's had enough. He's reached his limit. Yeah, he's like Adam Sandler in anger management, where he was like mild mannered and nice before, and then like he just got pushed. Yeah. Um. And uh, so he's telling the guy like, "Oh, I forget what he says to the guy actually." Why don't you help this man up instead of like arguing with me about almost hitting him? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. "All right, I'll help him up," and then he like rolls his sleeves up kind of and like tightens his and gloves grabs him straight. And- in, in the, the biscuits. Nuts. Yeah. In the twigs and the berries. And then the whole Straight joke. Straight in the drumstick. The whole joke after that is. In the corn cob. Is uh, John Candy's talking normally. Steve Martin talks. And he's talking like this. Clearly a helium tank off screen somewhere. Yeah. Or they just <laughs> messed with his volume on his. Probably. In his sound mixing. Um, and then this is where we get into the road trip part. Where John Candy breaks the chair. Because he can't get comfortable, then Steve Martin sits in it, the chair breaks and falls backwards. I did not know chairs could move around like that yeah, neither in the did old I. days. Like the great glass elevator from I know. the chocolate factory. <laughs> so, yeah, then uh, Steve Martin finally gets sleep. I feel like the reason why Steve Martin's character is just such a grump is because he didn't get any sleep. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he's... Even when he's introduced, he kind of seems like a hard-ass. Like, he... Because like, he's like, I can't. Go. You put a piece of coal up his butt, a diamond would shoot out. You put a diamond up his butt and coal would come out. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm here too. Scott is making fun of the fact that we already recorded this and I got it backwards. No, that's still on. <laughs> is it? Yeah, we had, we had a minor glitch and we had to go back and, and redo it. So I just repeated the same joke twice. <laughs> yes, nice job. <laughs> Good job. Um, I finally got it correct and here we are. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> And anyways, um, John Candy decides to, well, what's his name is asleep, to do the mess around, which this is another scene that's really famous. They've, they've like, reanimated it. You say mess family. around, and I do not think of that as a song. It's it's a Ray Charles song. Right. Um, um, and he does the fake trumpet, and then he yeah, throws he's... a cigarette out. And it flies right back in. Yep. Yep, back into the back seat. Um, but, uh, so he's, and then he proceeds to get his coat stuck on either side of the seat. Like, mm-hmm. cause there's knobs and levers working those amazing, you know, movable seats. Well, one side is the knob for the thing. The other one is for the, the, um, to adjust the, uh, side mirror. He gets, oh, okay. Because, well, anyway, because, so... Yeah, but he get, either way, he gets caught, 
and he has to drive with his with his knees and you've never driven with your knees you've never no because i don't want to (laughs) die i've seen other people drive with their knees i i I once saw a guy drive with his knees while he was reading the newspaper good for him oh my god yeah good for him good for him through a school so (laughs) jesus so then um he spins around gets off the highway and Steve Martin wakes up and he's like, what happened? What's going on, guys? Yeah, he's suddenly very mellow. And all he's Delsa. like, we should get back on the highway. And Del's like, oh yeah, of course. We almost and hit then, a deer, that's what happened. Yeah. And then he drives the wrong way and ends up on the wrong side of the highway. And then they basically... Go, th- <laughs> go right between the two trucks from hell. Yeah, and this is one of the most famous scenes in the movie is because... Steve Martin turns into a skeleton, and John Candy turns into a skeleton, and then John Candy turns into the devil. devil. (laughs) And that's super famous. That's another, like, fixed memory thing. Right. And then then the car lights on fire when they get out to see the damage. That cigarette took so long to light anything on fire. Yeah, it really did. Well, honestly, I feel like... It would have gone out, right? Yeah, it would have. But what I like in this scene is when they realize that the car's on fire... They don't, he doesn't start yelling like, whoa, the car's on fire. He just looks and he's like, figures. They and accepted then, fate. Yeah, they yeah. accept it right away. And then they start laughing. He's like, how did you get a car? And he's like, oh, I used your car. Well, they cr-. do start yelling once they realize, you know, the thing about the car. But but that's after. Like, yeah. that. that's not right. like, that's what I'm saying is, like, he, he doesn't go, the car. <laughs> the car? Yeah. Like, he doesn't freak out like that. That would yeah. have well, been, I've like, seen that in other movies, too, where, like, people just accept their tragic fate. But I feel like this film did it first. Mm, yeah. So, so um, then John Candy's like, yeah, I had your card, and I put it back in your wallet. And he's like, but my wallet's in the glove box. Ooh. And then he gets pissed. They end up at another sex motel. <laughs> Which Steve Martin pays off with, like, $17.00. And a fancy watch, even a though Rolex. It was, a Rolex. It was yeah. $42, and John Candy tries the same trick, and it doesn't work because he tries to offer a it's Casio. Like, yeah. Um, which, that watch would have cost more than That $42. would have paid for both of their rooms. Right. Yeah. That, that guy was just a shyster. So then, poor John Candy. This is when, like, back in the 80s, people started to realize that his wife might be dead. They're not as smart as you two who figured it out right away. Because he's in the car and he's like, oh, It's Marie. a formula. Says the photo equals... <laughs> equals the death of the wife? Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, oh, Marie, I messed up big time. That poor soul. First off, he's not a poor soul. He's actually kind of a jerk. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, there are certainly moments where it's justifiable, and then there's others, like, you know, where he really digs into him early on in the film. It's like, okay, it was enough for you to say, like, oh, you talk too much. But then he, like, just grilled him. Yeah. And, um... He always takes it a step too far. He really does. He has no filter. So, yeah, the way Steve Martin, like, calls in... Um, John Candy, who's like monologuing in, in the car. I used to have a dean in high school who like, uh, he was a very nice guy. But this is like a very grandpa thing. He's like, come on in, and that's what Steve Martin does. He just does the like wave. I'm doing a very 
motion on a podcast, but he, I, I'm doing a very motion. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm making a, a visual motion yeah. on an audio <laughs> podcast. Um, but yeah, it, it, to visualize it, folks, you take your hand out. It's like I'm doing a dance move. You take I'll your hand out. It. And you scoop in. Like you're a bear trying to catch salmon in the river. Yeah. I can confirm that he's, in fact, making that exact motion. Uh, so, yeah, he he's like, come on in. I'm not upset, even though I'm upset. And then they have drinking night. Where did... Okay, if they don't have any money, where did the booze and the food come from? They stole it. It's called Dine and Dash. <laughs> did they, though? Like, or John Candy has, like, a stash of booze in his giant yeah. trunk. Yeah. Because I was wondering where all this food, where John Candy was getting all this food from. Like I said, logic suspended for entertainment. Well, it also might have to do with the fact that he's homeless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And this is another indicator. He's like, well, at least you have a wife who loves you in the face that John Candy makes. He's like, you do love, you love your wife a lot. And he's like, love is not even a word. It goes above love. Oh, your wife's dead, isn't she? <laughs> like, if you hadn't figured it out yet. Dead wife, dead oh wife. Oh my god. <laughs> and Steve Martin takes for fucking ever to discover that his wife is dead. Yeah, like, Steve Martin is supposed to be super smart. He's really dumb. Like, if I was in Steve Martin's position, and if he pulled out this giant photo, I'd be like, your wife is dead, isn't she? Yeah. So, <laughs> the second he whipped that out. <laughs> so, uh... They have a guy's night, and finally they end up in two separate beds. Finally. finally. Stop it. Stop Push it. Push them together. <laughs> Stop it. When to become one. No. Spice Girls. Um, so. Nobody does it better. Stop it. They're not having sex. <laughs> Maybe it's an allegory, but... John Hughes is dead, so we'll never know. But they make such a great couple. Anyways, so the next morning, they're trying to get out. It couldn't have snowed. It snowed so much that there's like six inches of snow or at least a half a foot of snow. No, a foot of snow that they're like stuck in in this parking spot. With, I'm, I missed that part. No, there, yeah. It's, it's. Oh, wait, that's the one where he backs into the... Yeah. 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 Yeah, and then he backs into the hotel room. And then they, they drive away. Um, and then they get pulled over by Michael McKean, who is, a, as the state trooper, Michael McKean from Spinal Tap and Laverne and Shirley and all of the Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show. Yeah, and... You a know, Mighty Wind. You done? Nope. Um, he has the opportunity to be, like, a really nice state trooper, um, because he's like, why... He sees the car they're driving. This thing looks like it's been through a war zone. Yeah. And he's like, you know, this isn't, like, a drivable vehicle, and we're gonna impound it. And he's <laughs> well, like, then why are we driving it, We're just sir? trying to, uh, like... He's like, get, I need to get, I need to get my friend home for his dinner. Appealing to his, his better, better half, and then he's just like... I was expecting him to give him a ride or something and hijinks to ensue. From Indiana all the way to Illinois. He's a state trooper. Um, <laughs> it's one hell... A state. He could only take... He could drive him to the state. edge. Yeah, and then another... What? Another cop would I'm pick sorry. him up. Weren't you the one who's talking about entertainment suspending the belief? Yeah. Shush. <laughs> so, yeah, then they end up... Um, 
just stranded at the police station, and John Candy shows up in a big uh, big rig. So shouldn't this movie technically be called Trains, Plans, Automobiles, and Mack Trucks? Yes, but what is on the side of the truck that, like, we were dying of laughter? What was it called again? Oh my god, it's Ashkenaga. Ashkenaga. No, it was, oh my gosh, it's Ashkenaga. Yeah, yeah Ashkenaga. No, oh, Ashkenagin. So, Ashkenagin. So I said, oh my gosh, can it's Ashkenagin. And that's the title of the movie right there. <laughs> oh my gosh, can it's Ashkenagin. Because um, I, I guess Ashkenagin cheese is... you get a tattoo is, of that, please. No. So I guess Ashkenagin cheese is a, um, a brand? I guess. I, I don't know. I Rather don't know. Fictional or real. This movie brought to you by Ashkenagin cheese. It really hedged all their bets for um, this movie to be big. Yeah, because John Candy goes, yeah, he doesn't like to have people, the truck driver doesn't like people driving in the cab, so they have to drive in the Which back of this freezer be, truck. You would think it would be the opposite, because truck driving is a very lonely business. Also, aren't, like, Mack trucks, don't they have... They have, they have a, the beds. They have in beds the in the back. I, I don't know. I don't know. He's he's probably picked up a hitchhiker before. And <laughs> I yeah, killed a that, drifter. He has that whole thing where he's like, the guy's kind of sensitive about people staying in his cabin. And because he's like, immediately shuts the door after John Candy gets out. He's like, something bad happened to this poor truck driver somewhere along the line. He killed the guy. Yeah. So, John Candy. The things he must have seen. That's not actually cheese back there. <laughs> John Candy is a man of his word. He gets him back in Chicago. Mm-hmm to the train station which how did they pay for that if they have no money once again um oh wait i know how they got the money remember earlier john candy was selling the earrings well yeah but or the the earrings. well the earrings yeah which there's, are actually... there's an entire monologue uh scene where he's lying to people and who he's saying wore these doesn't make sense because originally like he says diane sawyer which that makes sense yeah. But then he says Walter Cronkite. <laughs> These are like Tahitian ivory. And and he also says Daryl Strawberry, who Daryl Strawberry was a New York Yankee and a New York Met. He also did drugs. Hey, you mm. don't know what else he was in there. Ah. Uh, so, yeah. It's not like he had, like, a bolt ring through his nose. <laughs> Maybe in his spare time. Um. Yeah. But he said they were signed by these people, so are, is he just forging signatures? Yeah, because he's. And I was kind of like looking around, at like if for like a, a really crappy uh, signature on a hoop, like uh, a hoop ring, a hoop ring, and I'm like, no, there's nothing there. So, um, he gets him back to the train, and Steve Martin is laughing on the train, and the music comes on again. Stop it, both of you. Stop it. <laughs> no. It's not porn music. <laughs> it's totally it's, it's sexy time. Sexy time music. But then he's he's remembering yeah, all the good times, yeah. all the times they spent together. But they the, laughed. His they soft cried. Hands. You guys are awful. And then they big spoon, little spoon. Then the, uh, then he realizes that soul crushing realization. Yeah, and he realizes that Marie has been dead, and he goes, "What's going on?" He goes back to the train station, which he was in such a hurry to get home. And he's like, what's going on? He's like, why are you? Yeah, why are you still here? And he goes, Marie's been dead for eight years. I don't have a home. So is, is this like a pilot for a sitcom? 
Is he now going to live with them? It could easily be a pile of the attic. This is Uncle Buck. This is how Uncle Buck got started. So then um, um, they're walking the, the trunk yeah. down his street. And I, I told you this during the movie, but I wanted so badly for them to like show up in front of the house and then just keep walking the <laughs> other way. <laughs> I well, wanted it so bad. Well, when he shows up, everyone's like, oh, Neil, so good to see you, Neil. And the little girl's like, daddy's home. He must smell terrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he says he hasn't worn a different pair of underwear since, since Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, and it's been like three days. Ugh. Um, And Jeez, then his wife's like, oh, you're on. home. And he's like, uh, this is my friend. And she knows all about him. Oh, Mis- Mr. Del Griffith, it's an honor to meet you. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Or what What if there's a subplot where, where Del moves in and then steals the wife away and he ends up homeless? See, Martin ends up homeless. <laughs> Curse you, Del! I was just waiting for the scene for uh, Neil's wife to take him aside and be like, you know we can't have him here. We don't have enough food. I don't care if his wife is dead. He's not I didn't set a plate. So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and that final scene, like, of course, you see, it doesn't help the case that the same music plays when the husband and wife, when uh, Neil's making out with his wife, as it ha- And Dell's just kind of like... Yeah, it, it's the same <laughs> oh, music. Oh man, I miss my wife. It's the same music from when they fight and then they go to bed together. <laughs> Do you see what we're saying? Shut up. <laughs> no. You're wrong. No. You just want this to be a bromance, but it's so much more. It's so much more complex. Okay, so that's Plans, Trans, and Automobiles. Um, if this movie came out today, I am 100% positive that this would be, like, the Juno, or, like, this would be nominated oh, for, yeah. like, Best Picture. Yeah, it would be, like, an indie hit. Yeah, John Candy would be nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. He really would be. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame, like, back then, they didn't give nominations. Because even Siskel and Niebert said that, like, John Candy should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't give them out for comedies, right? It was, like, only drama. They did. Madeline Kahn was nominated for Blazing Saddles. Oh. Well, it's you just, just said really they, didn't, they didn't give them to, you know. It's hard. It was okay. hard. Like. Okay. And that was, like, the 70s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, this was your first viewing, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why it's in the bagel basket is because, as we said before, there aren't many Thanksgiving movies, and I wanted this... We were very, very limited in our choices. We were, but I feel like this one set the bar so high, that's why there aren't... I mean, there's certainly, like, things you can nitpick about it, but overall, the comedy still holds up. It's a good movie. They play well well off of one another. It's a very sweet story. It's very strong chemistry going on. And yeah, John Candy really does drive it home with the emotional impact. Yeah. (laughs) Well, for the most part, yeah. No, yeah, he does. He's just a very pleasant guy. More like he hits you with it with a freaking I mean, baseball yeah, bat. I mean, yeah, he's really like the most agreeable human human being ever in could, this film. Do you think anyone else could have played this role? Like, if they made this today, who would be what role? Oh, um... John Goodman. Thank you. I was just about to say. John uh, Goodman. I feel like that's too on the nose. Uh, Zach well, Galifianakis? They technically did that with due date. Then. That's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel like if they made this today, you would have had, like, I would say, like, Ethan Hunt. Not Ethan Hunt, Ethan Hawk. Hawk. Ethan Hunt is Tom Cruise from, yeah, from Mission just... Impossible. Ethan Hawk as Neil. Mm-hmm. And then, like, maybe 
Jack Black mm-hmm. as, or um, maybe like Jim Carrey as Neil, as the Steve Martin role, and then have someone like um, Dan Fogler. I can see Dan Fogler. I can't see. Yeah, I can't see Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. Well, have you seen Eternal Sunshine? Well, I, I don't. I don't no. no, no, his career is kind of. Not what it used to be. <laughs> okay, well, Dan Fogler, ha- have a Harry Potter reunion or a Fantastic Beasts reunion. Have a Colin Farrell as as Neil Page. That and, I could see. And yeah, Dan Fogler. See. Yeah. Not, not a bad, not a bad choice. Yeah, I mean, there's probably someone we're not even thinking of, like like Ryan Gosling as the Neil Page. No. 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 As the, as the quiet guy. Mm-mm. Oh, Steve Carell as um as the Del Griffith. Oh yeah. Steve, yeah, yeah. Have Steve Carell and and um, Ethan Hawke. I I I keep going back to Ethan Hawke. Like mm-hmm. I feel like Richard Linklater could make this movie. Or better yet, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. He's not famous anymore. Tell that to Kevin Bacon. Oh, just thought of the perfect cast: Michael Keaton as Neil Page, okay. mm-hmm. and Steve Carell as Del Griffith. Ooh. Mm. Directed by Richard Linklater, <laughs> or uh, Tom McCarthy, who did Spotlight. Mm. Oh God! <laughs> then I feel like it would be too dark. But anyway, my dead wife. <laughs> my wife is dead, and it has to do with the archdiocese. <laughs> oh my God! It's just like Spotlight, exactly. <laughs> Planes, trains, and the Boston archdiocese. Uh, so, what did you guys think? I liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot, especially since, as you said, there's not a wide range of movies that cover Thanksgiving. It's like this and like thirty uh, minutes I'm of. I'm surprised they Adam's didn't Jeremy end Dallas. up behind the yeah. Thanksgiving Day Parade. Well, that would be if they stayed in New York. I know, I know. Like it would be, it it's John Husey to have to be in um. Chicago. Mm-hmm. It would have been better if he was in Chicago and had to get back to New York. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then end up in the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And they end up on Underdog on the balloon. Yeah. <laughs> ah, whoa. Would have gone too far. So, how many bagels? Let's start with you, Haley. Um, I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with ten. There's three missing. Yeah. Just. I want good reasons. <laughs> uh, no songs. Uh, one for the, uh, like, some of the logic that occurs. No, you know what? I'll give it, I'll give it, I'll give it 11. Okay. Um, reasons. Well, they don't end up together. That's one very big reason. <laughs> you guys are awful. You're bad and people. two because because of the choice in music at weird times. It's the wrong choice in music. Cole. Out of thirteen, um, I'm probably gonna give it twelve. Okay. What are you taking out for? Um it's probably a little dated. I mean, a lot of it is some gag stuff where it's, I thought it was kinda of a little bit dragged on, but I overall I, I enjoyed the movie, so This is a full basket for me. Like I love this, and yeah, I understand it's data with the like the telephones. But but keep in mind, we've never seen this before, so we're coming at it from a different angle than you, who who saw it, you know, when it was fresher. Well, I didn't see when it. 
I was born when this movie. No, she came said out. fresher. I said fresher, not necessarily new. It was a. Uh, I saw it after it had been out. For, I saw this in 1992 or 93, so almost seven years after it came out. Yeah, still. Still fresher no. than still fresher than us. Now seeing it in 2017. How many years is that? <laughs> Thirty-one. Ooh, yeah. So you saw it way sooner than we did. You guys are bad. <laughs> You're bad. Well, Cole, thank you for being here for two episodes. No problem. Haley, you're always here, so thank you. I'm always here lurking in the background. So, yeah. Uh, I'm the specter at the feast. We don't know what we're doing uh, next time, um, so that will be a huge surprise for me as well. Um, but, yeah. So, until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. I'm Dwight Stearns. And stay <laughs> swifty. Bye, guys.